Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Father, thank you for the privilege of speaking your word. I know I don't deserve it. Lord, I know that it is a, uh, is a privilege. And God, on this day that we remember the birth of your son, it is just a special day that you came for us. You came for us, and so help your word to be made plain and simple and true, and let every heart in here leave encouraged and closer to you, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be going to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm going to read some scriptures, and then we're going to talk about them and just kind of see what perhaps we can pull out. But in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. This is one of the things in the Bible that points to the fact that Jesus was probably not born December 25th. He probably was not born in a dead of winter. He was probably born in the spring. But we know the story, and I have no problem celebrating it this time of year because it's a good time of year. We should be celebrating his birth every day. So, but this is a bit pointed out. There were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flocks at night. They're hanging out. Animals are coming, I'm sure, to try to snatch one from the flock. Um, They are making sure they're fed, not wandering away. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them out of nowhere. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. This is my personal litmus test. For those people that have seen an angel, and I believe people could still see angels because I don't think they're gone, but if your experience with an angel is not one of great fear, I don't know what kind of angel you're talking to. Because when I read my Bible from the Old Testament through the New Testament, when an angel appears, people are like, huh, what is this? Because it's supernatural. It's brand new. The majority of the time when the angels show up like this, it's filled with great fear. And so the angel, in the next verse, verse 13, he cranks it up a notch. Not only is there an angel there, but in, um, sorry, verse 10, verse 10, the angel says to them, fear not, relax, I'm bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day is born a Savior in the city of David, who is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angel took it up a notch. Not only is there just one angel hanging out with the shepherds, telling them to, to, uh, to, to what is coming and to relax and that there's good news, but now it's like one of those movies where you look around and there's a whole host of angels, and they're all singing. All, this is a day that we have recorded that the host of heaven couldn't hold it in. 
They just started singing, belting it out in this little town of Bethlehem, out there in the fields, singing about the glory of God. What was it that these angels realized that our hearts can become blind to? Because these angels saw something. And they were so excited, a heavenly host, a multitude. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, and it says, And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see what's going on and what the Lord has made known to us. The show stopped. You know those shepherds didn't know what to do. The angel shows up by himself. He tells them good news. Now there's a choir of angels singing, probably like the best laser light show you can imagine. I mean, lights and sounds, and if you get pictures of heaven, it's insane, and they're seeing this, and then it stops. And one of the angels was like, well, let's go check this out. Was this like a, let's go check, what are they talking about? And they said, let's go over to Bethlehem, or the house of bread, let's go over to Bethlehem, and see what has happened, what the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. It means they went quickly. Every time God speaks to you, every time God shows you something, you should always move with haste. They didn't wait around for a second confirmation. They said, let's go. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Notice Mother Nature was not listed there. Jesus' earthly family was Mary and Joseph. And then they put the baby in a manger. Verse 17, and when they saw it, they made known to everyone, saying that they had, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. When they saw that it was true, they went out and they let people know. This is a very familiar passage that we, re- we have read for thousands of years of church history because it's very foundational to what we believe. And I want to p- p- pick out some foundational points so when you leave here, you understand what God did for you. That perhaps your heart would be settled if, if you do not have peace this season, that hopefully you'd have peace. If you're wondering what does God think about you, This passage is going to tell us. If you're wondering what God is doing on your behalf, it's all right here. The first thing I want to talk about is when the angel said, fear not. Too many of us, we live in fear. I mean, just hypothetically, because that's so far from us, imagine just living out in the the wilderness watching sheep. You don't have a cell phone. You might have a bugle. You got like a, maybe a, a makeshift sword, a sling, a couple types of weapons. And you got animals coming at you, lions, dogs, all kinds of things. There was a coyote in our house down in Aiken, my family's house down in Aiken. Come up, tore up our dog. Not too many of us want to fight a coyote one-on-one. No guns, no boom-boom sticks. That's scary enough. Fear not. And then you got this angel, this angelic 
being that freaks you out. And he's telling them, don't be afraid. And one of the things I want to put before you is don't be afraid of what God is doing. He is always working for our good. You have to know that because sometimes things are going to look really bad. Sometimes you're going to have something that goes wrong, something that you didn't plan for, something that was not on your agenda. And you're going to have to say, is God still God or did this slip by him? Was God looking over here and this slipped by him over on this side? Really not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I never had migraines in my life. I didn't know what a migraine was, never even had headaches. I had the privilege Wednesday through this morning of having migraines. How do I know they were migraines? I'm just telling you my symptoms. My ears are ringing. Like, not like, oh, I hear a cool song in my head. It's like, ring, nonstop. Light hurts my eyes. I'm like, this sucks. I got to drive like this. You know, nobody else is looking at the road either, but that's kind of okay, you know. <laughs> and so I like, like a man, like some stupid man, I just was like, oh, it must be something. Just rested with it. Kept getting work, worse and worse, and then I get nauseous, which, you know, nauseous is great. You know, it's a very good feeling to be nauseous. We all are all about that. You know, for kids, if you don't know what nauseous means, it means bleh. All right? No, not too many people like that. And then I'm dizzy. But I can't leave work because I got too much to do. So I'm sitting in meetings like this. No, you're wrong. I can prove you're wrong right here with this paper. I don't even have to look at it, but here. That wasn't on my agenda. Now, what do I do with that? Do I say, God has forsaken me? God has given up? Or do I say, God, you must be working something for my good? You must be working something for my good. I choose the latter. I choose the latter. The next thing I want to point out says, good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. The gospel message is always a message of joy. If I were to boil it down, it's God has seen our suffering. God knows what it is like, and he has not given up on you. Every time that your body hurts, your knee creaks, God knows it, and he sees it, and he's not given up on you. Every time you deal with that one person that has offended you and that has hurt your feelings, God knows that pain, and he's not given up on you. He may ask you to not give up on that person. But God has seen our suffering, and then he has sent us joy for our journey. Now, the reason I say joy for our journey is for whatever reason, when you accept Christ, it's not like the insta-pass to heaven. You accept Christ, you're still here. The same problems, the same people. The same bills. But now there's joy that you can make it through. And you can laugh about things when things get bad. Not laugh because you're, you know, you're putting them that they're not significant, but you're like, yep, 
Here's another one. Great, now I can't see. That's a great thing. I already couldn't walk. Now not seeing. This should be fun. For all people. This is another thing that the angel said. It's great joy, uh, good news of great joy for all people. If you are a people, looking at you all, I would bet money you are. I don't think there's any lizard people in the room here today, nor do I believe in lizard people. But if you are a people, there's hope for you. The good news is for you. He's telling you today, he's reminding you today. You may have heard this news a hundred times, but he's saying, don't forget. Because we forget things. Do you forget things? Wait till your kids start needing help with their homework. And you're like, I already passed that class in high school and in college, but I don't know. Let me see your book. I ain't done that in a couple years. And it's the same thing with the hope that God gives is we might know it, but we can forget about it. But this second piece up there is he is able to save to the uttermost. The uttermost. Jerome, one of the church fathers, he has a quote, and one of the translations is, and and I really like it, and it it might be offensive, so if you get offended easily, cover your ears. Um, But this was not me. It was one of the first church fathers. (laughs) One of the translations of his quote is, Jesus was born into a dung heap because he knew that's where he'd find us. Jesus was born into a dung heap because he knew that's where he'd find us. Kids, ask your parents what a dung heap is later. But in other words, Jesus came right into the midst of it. He didn't come into a palace If I was God's son and I had anything to say, no way am I being born in a stable. No way. Let's go somewhere with running water. There was. Rome had running water. Let's go over there. Let's go somewhere with some some substance. No, he entered in to the worst of human existence because he knew that's where he could find us. And so no matter what you're battling with, it might be something external like your health. Jesus is great enough for that. It might be something internal, like some internal junk that you do not know how to change. Some of us in this room, without any condemnation, we have habits, we have thought patterns, we have things that we know are not right, and it's just like dung, and Christ can take that away too. You may be having problems with your family. Christ can fix that. It doesn't matter what it is. He is able to save to the uttermost. It's not like as if if this was the world and Jesus made his way into the world and he's like, oh, I had to stop here. Anybody on this side of me is good. Sorry, y'all. No, he went all the way through into the midst of humanity, into the darkest spot, the loneliest spot, to where he could say, I know exactly what it's like for each of you, even the people that are trying to hide out in the back and not be seen, I am able to save to the uttermost. So you are not unsavable. That person you've been praying for is not unsavable. Your life is not too far out of control. 
Somebody, I think, needs to hear that because sometimes our lives get out of control and it's not too far out of control. Jesus is able. And that's the good news of Christmas. And isn't it crazy? Like when God chose, you know, I think in movies, because I watched a lot of movies as a kid, thank my parents for that, right? But, you know, like they, uh, movies, you always look at the bad guy or the, or the hero. Usually bad guy is like really strong or really fast or has a lot of weapons or, or like Ghostbusters, he's a giant marshmallow man. You know, you have all these bad guys that they're huge in some way and they're big and, and then most heroes like Schwarzenegger and, and uh, Rambo, what are, what's his first name? Rambo. You got Stallone, there you go, Stallone. Muscles upon muscles and then Van Damme, you know, he could do splits. Most of us can't. You got Steven Seagal. We don't know why he's an action hero, but people think he's tough. And so you got all these action people in there, people that you look up to, and you're like, man, I could never be like that. I could ne- The Rock. Now it's The Rock. Thank you very much, The Rock. Nobody in here looks like The Rock. One little man right here, he, he's... You do. We'll believe in that. But, but the hero's always big and strong and capable. And what did God's hero look like? A baby? A little baby? Brand new. Have you ever seen a brand new baby? They're ugly. <laughs> Unless they're your own. All right? Or some of the ones I've seen from some of you guys are cute too, okay? But... In general, everybody else's baby. They're squished. They're, they don't make sense. Their eyes are looking crazy. They're weak-armed, wrinkled. If you had a video game and you're picking who, who's your character that you're going to fight, nobody's picking the newborn. You're just going to fall down. Maybe need a diaper change. Like there's, there's nothing in Christ that would point us to him except the fact that God says, this is my hero. This is the one that I will use to save and redeem the world. A few more points. Um, A Savior is born. The angels told the shepherds, a Savior is born. By definition, if a Savior is born, that means somebody needs saving. Somebody needs saving. In fact, I would say all of us need saving. I don't know any of us that can do it on our own. And I love the fact that we could do nothing to get to God, but he came to us. I'm not trying to say anything negative against any other religion, but I've studied them all because I enjoy the study of religion. And the one unique factor that I think makes Christianity different, which makes my heart jump, is the fact that it's not about what you can do to come to God. It's about the fact that in Christ, he came to you. He came looking for you. He came looking because you're valuable. You've lost stuff and you've looked for it. You only look for the valuable things. You didn't go looking for that receipt that you didn't care about. You're like, oh, there's a receipt in my pocket. Oh, it's not there. Huh. One last thing to throw away. 
but you, went, you go looking for that which is valuable. And Jesus is able to save you. And this is the message. This is the foundation of what we believe. And it starts off right at Christ appearing in the manger. The last thing right here, they talk about peace on earth. Peace on earth. Christ alone is our peace. Peace on earth. That's my last thing I want to put up. Peace on earth. I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of peace. Seems like there's a lot of arguments and just crazy arguments. People upset and wars and rumors of wars and greedy people and more greedy people. I can't find one person on this planet that can bring me peace. Now, thank God for my wife and my family. We can have a peaceful time there. And I think the only reason there's peace in my home is because Christ is with us. Christ is there, and he smooths over the rough pieces. But in a majority of the place, it's not very peaceful. That's Christ's aim. And he alone is our peace. So the the message in, in this part is, externally, you will have trouble. Not speaking negative. Somebody could go broke this year. Somebody in this house could lose everything in the next 12 months. Somebody could get deathly sick. A child could get injured, God forbid. A couple could go to the brink of divorce. God forbid. Your back could go out. This happens. Your peace comes from Christ. Now within that, there's people in this room and in this church that when things start to go sour, they would love to pray with you through it all and believe just because things look bad doesn't mean they have to stay bad. And we believe for the miracle power to, of God to change your situation. But before the miracle comes, you better rest in peace. You better able to be say, well, I don't understand it. But I trust God. And Christ is my peace. And I will hold on to that. It's at that point you can pray with faith for a miracle. You can pray that God would heal someone or change someone or restore a marriage or give you wisdom financially or open doors, but peace. Christ alone is our peace. Amen? Now I'm going to have you bow your heads just for a second, then we're, we're, going, to, we're going to change up. But maybe you're in this room today, and, and I, don't, I don't know everybody in here. I know most of you. But maybe you're in this room today, and with everybody not looking around, come on, don't cheat. All right? Before, don't cheat in God's house. That's not cool. With everybody's eyes closed, just me kind of looking around, I want to know who I'm praying for. If you feel like that, that you are far from God and that you have not let Jesus into your life like you need to, would you just put your hand up so I can know who I'm praying for right now? Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, you've seen the hands that are raised. God, may, 
May their hearts be open to you. May they focus on you so that you would be their peace and their savior, the provider, that you'd give them joy and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Put that last scripture up there if, if you're in the back where, where from the last thing that the shepherds did. It said, so the shepherds, and we're closing the story with this, what did the shepherds do? They went and they saw it. They saw for themselves the, the baby lying in a manger, and it proved what they had been told by the angels. And then they made it known. They went around telling people all that the angels told them. So today, we, I'd like to charge you, if, if you've heard something today, that not only are you responsible for believing it and trusting it and holding on to it, but of sharing that good news with somebody else. That when that person is broken, you could say, you know what? Christ can heal you. When that person is alone, you can share with them how Christ can come near you. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>